Welcome to episode 55 of the Accessibility Craft Podcast, where we explore the art of creating accessible websites while trying out interesting craft beverages. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Equalize Digital, a WordPress accessibility company and the proud creators of the Accessibility Checker plugin. This episode is a recording of a January 2024 WordPress accessibility meetup where Amber Hines, CEO of Equalize Digital, shared her case study on building an accessible dropshipping WooCommerce website, including the process for building, testing, and remediating in WooCommerce and specific plugin findings. WordPress accessibility meetups take place via Zoom webinars twice a month, and anyone can attend. For show notes, a full transcript, and additional information about meetups, go to accessibilitycraft.com slash 055. And now, on to the show. So I wanted to present a case study today that's about building a low-code, accessible WooCommerce website. And we will circle back to the title of this and whether or not that was possible in just a little bit. So some background info that I think is interesting and relevant. Uh, if you use, there's a website called Built With that scans code out on the internet and lists tools and how use, how widely used they are for various software on websites. So according to Built With data, they currently know of 6.1 million live websites that are built with WooCommerce. 21% of all WordPress websites include WooCommerce software, according to W3 Techs. And 9% of all websites on the internet have WooCommerce. So it is a huge platform that is very widely used. And I'm assuming that most people in the chat are familiar with WooCommerce and have probably even played around with it either on a client site or on their own site. So why does accessibility in WooCommerce matter? So some things to think about is the IFC recently reported that worldwide, people with disabilities have an annual disposable income of $1.9 trillion. Um, they said that it's actually a larger market, like as far as number of people than the entire country of China. So it is a very large market that can be reached. If you are worried about legal compliance, uh, UsableNet is an organization, a company that twice a year they do a report on accessibility lawsuits. And at the end of 2023, they reported that for the year of 2023, 82% of all of the lawsuits under the Americans with Disabilities Act in the United States were against e-commerce websites. And then, of course, something else to keep in mind if you or your clients are in Europe is that enforcement begins for the European Accessibility Act in June 2025. So we are nearing the point where there will be a year or less to get websites ready to comply with that. So when we're thinking about WooCommerce accessibility and how possible it is to build an accessible WooCommerce website, one of the first things that came to mind for me is I should just go look in the WooCommerce showcase and see how accessible the websites that are being featured by WooCommerce in their showcase are. Um, are these good examples? So I have on the screen right now, a table that lists 10 URLs. These were, I don't 
I'm not 100% certain if that gallery randomly orders. These were basically from the logos at the top on WooCommerce's gallery, and then the first few in the gallery itself when I loaded the page. I didn't really dig around. I was just like, what comes up first? Because these are probably the websites that if they come up first and the order is consistent for everyone, that the most people see as examples of what you can do with WooCommerce. And what I did was I did a quick assessment of these 10 sites. I used the Wave Browser extension on them to see if they had errors, contrast errors or alerts and the number. And I have that listed here for each one and I'll go through them just in case you can't see the slides so you don't have to worry about that. And then I did just a quick manual assessment, which was essentially on the homepage, I tabbed around and I assessed, did it have a visible focus outline? Did it have skip links? And did it have a functional navigation menu where I could get to the dropdown? Um, so these shops are a wide variety. Some of the ones that are on here is the all black shop, which is to buy merchandise for a soccer or football team, depending upon where you are in the world, what you might call that. Uh, the Bjork, the singer's website, some different uh, e-commerce websites for really big businesses. So Weber Grills, their New Zealand website was here. The Strope Waffle website, where you can order Strope Waffle cookies is here um, and a lot of stuff. The best one that I have that I found as far as wave goes uh, was called offermanwoodshop.com. It had three errors, zero contrast errors and eight alerts. And at first I thought, okay, maybe this will be the best website. <laughs> but then it didn't have functional drop-down menus. It did have skip links and it did have focus, but I could not access the drop-down menus in the navigation um, via keyboard alone. The worst one probably, and it's it's hard, it's, it's really hard on these because, you know, an interesting thing, one of the other ones that looks like it might be sort of good is Bjork, the singer's website, has four errors, one contrast error, uh, six alerts, and yes, it had visible focus, skip links, and functional nav. It had all of those things. But the four errors are all unlabeled form fields. So, so not all issues are the same. Um, some of the other ones that had larger numbers, like the All Black Shop, that one for the soccer slash football team, the 32 errors were almost all linked images missing alternative text. And it's because they aren't adding alternative text for their products. And when you have a product gallery or grid, it links the images too, not just the title of the product. And if you don't have alt text, then it, depending on how it's built, it doesn't always provide anything. So, so there can be a lot of problems. I'll um, share links to the slides. And at the end, if we want to dive into any of these, we can. Um, but what I wanted to point out here is that not all of the, I couldn't, so just in glance, at first glance, I couldn't find any great examples of WooCommerce websites that work really well. And that doesn't bode very well for how easy is it 
to do this and make something with WooCommerce successful if there's not a lot of examples. But at the same time, I'm not surprised by this because if you're familiar with the WebA Million, which WebA and the, the organization behind the Wave uh, browser extension puts out every year a report, over 90% of websites have easily detectable accessibility problems. So while this is disappointing, it's also not surprising to me. So, so then I said, okay, if I want to assess how, um, how accessible was the WooCommerce website or how possible is it to build a WooCommerce website? Basically, I decided the best way I'm going to figure this out is by building one myself. And I wanted to, what we have to be careful about is that, and I think there's a question that DK asked about when I went through and I did that assessment with Wave and I was tabbing through a little bit manually to see how things work. If I was just doing the homepage, but maybe the WooCommerce portions of the site were better than the homepage. And I, and, and I think that's, that's a great question. Um, I did look at some of them on their shop archives. I didn't go to any of their single products. Um, and then I didn't do things like add them to cart. So it is possible that some of them might be better um, in, in the WooCommerce portion because the theme can add a lot of problems and can control a lot of things beyond WooCommerce. I saw websites where there were focus indicators in the WooCommerce sections because WooCommerce was adding them but there were no focus indicators anywhere else because the theme had outline colon none set. Um, so, so what I decided the best way to assess this is that I was gonna build a basic e-commerce store. I was going to use the 2024 theme and patterns that already came with the 2024 theme for two reasons. One, I'm not a designer. I did not wanna to have to spend time designing this thing, but also, from a standpoint of trying to figure out what a baseline of accessibility in WooCommerce is, I think it's most ideal to do that either using a core WordPress theme or potentially to do it with um, their storefront theme if you want to assess how well they're doing accessibility in storefront. But for me, this is also a little bit of an ability to play around with full site editing. So, so basically what I did was I built a store using 2024, WooCommerce, and I tried to add very minimal additional plugins. That shop is a fully functional e-commerce store. You can go to it at shop.equalizedigital.com. Um, we're going to look at it and talk about some of the things on it throughout this talk, but it does fully function and you can buy stuff if you want to. Uh, so I want to talk about what worked really well and was good about some of this, and then we'll dive into challenges and other things that I found. So one of the things that I loved, and it's been a while since we built an e-commerce shop, we don't do a lot of WooCommerce anymore. We used to do more and now we do auditing on WooCommerce websites, but we don't actually build them. So one thing I thought was super neat was that there is now a mini cart and I will show you what I am talking about. So I have flipped over to the store on our website and you can see in the header, uh, there's Equalize Digital Shop. 
there's a navigation menu, all products, FAQ, contacts, my account. And on the right hand side, there is a cart icon. It currently says one $18, something's in my cart. If I click on this, then it slides out. This is what they call the mini cart from the right side. And it shows me what's in my cart. I have the ability to click a link styled as a button to go view my cart page or go to checkout. Um, and it has some other information here. So I was pleasantly surprised to find that this existed in core WooCommerce because before I always thought you had to have a plugin for this. So I thought that was awesome. Um, I will say on this is a little bit on the full site editing side. Outside of the nav menus, which I could probably go on a whole diatribe about editing the nav menus and full site editor, but editing the templates for WooCommerce. So they had many templates for the shop page, the product single, the cart, the checkout page. Um, it was relatively straightforward for me as a typically abled person. Um, full site editing can be really challenging to use with a screen reader. So I am not saying that it is easy or even straightforward for everyone. The nav menus, I spent like two hours trying to figure out how to build my nav menus, which sounds ridiculous when you when you hear that I, when you listen to me say that I had three items in my nav menu at the top. Um, but that and the footer, there, there are definitely some challenges there. But to some degree, I did okay with editing the WooCommerce templates in a way that didn't require me to pull them into the theme and write PHP code. Um, in my assessment of it, I found very few ambiguous links. I didn't find very many unlabeled fields. Uh, it was clear to me that some accessibility work had been put in. I saw areas where um, role equals button had been added to a link. So obviously they circled back and they reevaluated and they realized that things needed to be buttons instead of links. And so they were working on remediating it with ARIA. Um, there were also some workarounds for some of the problems that they found that were possible in full site editing, which may or may not be on WooCommerce in, for making that possible. Um, it might be more just WordPress core, but, but there are some things that were good. So, so let's talk about, I'm going to give you the, the TLDR, which stands for too long, didn't read. If you want to leave right now, the short answer of is it possible to build a low-code, accessible WooCommerce website? The answer is that no, it's not. Out of the box, WooCommerce is not fully accessible. And as of today, it is not possible to build a fully accessible WooCommerce website without making code fixes. Um, I hope you'll stick around because I'm gonna tell you what those problems are and what code fixes are needed. Um, but, you know, I was disappointed because I, I will say I have always had an interested, an interest in trying to make it easier for non-technical people to build accessible websites. And I've wanted to prove that it's possible. And so I was a little bit frustrated and disappointed that I ran into as many problems with WooCommerce as I ran into. Um, that said, just because this is the situation right now, it does not mean that it will always be the situation or the case. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't build an accessible website with WooCommerce. It just means you probably need a developer to help you do it. So there were 
three different types of issues that I encountered when I built the website. What I did was I built it out. I did testing with our accessibility checker plugin. I did keyboard testing, and then I tested it with both VoiceOver and NVDA. I encountered the three kinds of things I encountered during my testing were CSS things, pretty small style tweaks that needed to be made to a few elements um, for color contrast or some other things that I'll talk about in just a minute. Other things that were easily fixable in the editor. So I'm calling them easy template adjustments, but some of them actually had a really major impact if I had not corrected them, but I was able to correct them without code. And then the third one is where the vast majority of the problems fell, which is what I'm calling dev level fixes. So these are things that ideally they should be patched by WooCommerce um, because we want them rolled out by everyone. We don't have to want to maintain the technical debt of our JavaScript loading on the front and correcting WooCommerce or us building a template that might get out of date when WooCommerce releases a template update. But that said, if WooCommerce were not to fix them, they could be remediated by a developer with either JavaScript or hooks and filters. Um, during the course of my testing of this website, I opened 45 GitHub issues for WooCommerce. This episode of Accessibility Craft is sponsored by Equalize Digital Accessibility Checker, the WordPress plugin that helps you find accessibility problems before you hit publish. A WordPress native tool, Accessibility Checker provides reports directly on the post edit screen. Reports are comprehensive enough for an accessibility professional or developer, but easy enough for a content creator to understand. Accessibility Checker is an ideal tool to audit existing WordPress websites, find accessibility problems during new builds, or monitor accessibility and remind content creators of accessibility best practices on an ongoing basis. Scans run on your server, so there are no per-page fees or external API connections. GDPR and privacy compliant, real-time accessibility scanning. Scan unlimited posts and pages with Accessibility Checker free. Upgrade to a paid version of Accessibility Checker to scan custom post types and password-protected sites. View site-wide open issue reports and more. Download Accessibility Checker free today at equalizedigital.com forward slash accessibility dash checker. Use coupon code ACCESSIBILITYCRAFT to save 10% on any paid plan. So let's start with the CSS fixes, sort of easy things. I have a gist and I realized actually, oops, let me get you all the, oh, link. It would have been great if I had done this first, but I'm going to pop a link to my slides in the chat, just so everyone has them. If you want to, I do have links on the slides, um, but I put a public gist on GitHub, which we can look at here quickly and talk about some of the CSS fixes that I made. Um, I just put these in the customizer. <laughs> Not the way a real developer would do it. But again, I was going for low code. So 
there were a couple of instances where I needed to fix focus indicators. Some of them were 2024. I actually opened a GitHub issue for 2024 because they were using one pixel dotted and it's very hard to see. And I don't think that it's large enough. So I corrected that. Um, the main thing in WooCommerce where I fixed the focus outline, and that's this first section of code, is in the WooCommerce loops is what I'm going to call these. So that's either if you're having a block that is displaying some number of products or you are on the main shop archive page, and there is an image followed by the title of the product, followed by the price, and sometimes a button. Um, the initial way that this got focused was it could go to the image and it could go to the link. And if we see this on the product page, then we can see that also. Let me see if I can go tab to that. So here I'm on the product page. And right now there is a focus indicator on the image for the pint glass. Then I hit tab again and it goes to the title. WooCommerce by default does not have a focus outline on these images. And the link that is behind them doesn't, it's behind the image. It doesn't, the container doesn't fit to the image. So just adding it doesn't work. So the first fix I did was applying that to the WooCommerce product image. So I've got a class for .wc-block-components-product-image a colon focus. So I'm saying it needs it. And then I ended up having to, on that block, the link, put a display block on it so that the A tag would go up and you could actually see it around the image. So that was the only instance I found where WooCommerce was failing to add a focus outline. Otherwise, it generally did. A thing that I'm not in love with right now that I have to figure out how to resolve for is that WooCommerce defines a color for focus. So you'll notice here when I tab to the title, it's purple. When I go to the image, it's black. Um, and the reason for that is WooCommerce is setting it as purple. When I define focus outlines, I don't like to set a color because some browsers, if you don't set a color, will do a double color outline so that it'll be light and dark so it's easier to see. And so I prefer to allow the browsers to do it. I have to figure out how I can unset WooCommerce's because I don't love that I get black, purple, black, purple in different spots. Um, Otherwise, I might just have to go through and manually set colors to override and force them to all be the same. The next, I, I encountered three different, three-ish different color contrast issues in WooCommerce that I fixed with CSS. So one was on the uh, view carts and, uh, oh, I don't have, I guess I don't have a link to that issue. Um, but one was on when you first add a product to your cart from a product single, it'll pop up a banner that's usually green if you don't style it. And then it has a link view cart and, um, that had an opacity that was too low. And so it failed color contrast. So I made the opacity much closer to one on that. 
Um, the labels on the all of the fields on the checkout page, we'll just go to the checkout page for a minute. Uh, the default for all of these labels, first name, last name, address, email address, everything that there might be, um, is a very light gray that fails color contrast. So I fixed that. And then um, in some places, the error color red did not, it didn't even pass double A. In some places it passed double A, but not triple A. So I just universally made the error color everywhere pass triple A um, and be a darker red. So that was the color contrast fixes. And then the other thing that I did with CSS was there were two places where they were using color alone. And that was on that banner I said, the view cart link, it was underlined. And then when you hovered over it, it just changed the opacity. So it very subtly changed the color, but there was no other indication of the hover state being enacted. Um, and then vice versa on the checkout page, the return to cart link, which I'll show you is down here at the bottom. This only had like a color or a opacity change. It didn't, it's currently has no underline and on hover now it has an underline. So there were a few places where I noticed that it, they were only using color and I either added or removed text decoration in order to ensure that we had a visual change in addition to a color change for people who are colorblind. So those were sort of the basic changes that I made to CSS on the front end. And then there's one other change that I had to make that's not on the front end, but um, what I'll show you is that in the email that is sent out to users or customers after they make a purchase, there's footer text and the default color of the text even if you put it on a total white background, it's such a light gray that it fails color contrast. Um, so in that specific scenario, what I ended up doing was um, inlining, it is kind of frustrating because they that's the one they don't have a setting for. So that field accepts HTML and you can type whatever you want in there. So I actually put a span tag around all my text and set the color in that way there so that I can make sure that the emails that WooCommerce sent also pass color contrast. So then the next area, and I'm not gonna open my slides a bunch because I think it's more useful for us to see different tabs, was editor fixes. So things that needed to be fixed, um, some of which were pretty major. So when we talk about testing the homepage versus testing the shop and the product single, one thing that this caught me on that I almost missed initially, and then I accidentally saw it on the product single, which made me go back and recheck the shop archive, was there were no skip links. And I had tested it on the homepage and they were there. So then I dug into 2024 and I was trying to figure out why do I not have skip links on my shop archive and my product single? And what came out of it is that WooCommerce has a template. And um, basically when you go in, I'm, I'm showing you a, uh, an image right now from the full site editor where I'm editing the template for the product catalog, which is the same thing as the shop archive. Um, but the template in WooCommerce is called product catalog. 
there is a group container and on that group container that everything is in the breadcrumbs, the title, the notices, the different products, things like that. Under advanced settings, there is a dropdown where you can set the HTML element. And the person at WooCommerce who created this template, which then every WooCommerce website uses, just left it as the default, which is a div. When in fact, what it needed to be done is toggled and set to main. Because the 2024 theme only adds skip links if a main tag is present on the page. And in fact, it is actually incorrect to not have a main tag because you should have all of your content contained in semantic landmarks. This is incredibly easy fix, right? I went in there, I toggled the dropdown. It doesn't require a developer. But if you don't know about this, this can cause major issues for accessibility on your site. So obviously it's something that we need WooCommerce to go fix so that every people who spin up and use this template don't encounter that. Um, likewise, there were like some minor things around heading level. So on the sample content on the refunds page, they go from the H1 to the H3 on the cart and the checkout page. I don't really know why, but the checkout here, the title of the page was an H2, so they were both missing H1s. Uh, I didn't actually open a GitHub issue for them because I wasn't, it already said when I opened it, it was edited. And so I was like, did I accidentally do that? <laughs> I wasn't sure. It's something I need to experiment with and see if that's an issue I need to flag for um, WooCommerce or not. Uh, oop, oh, look at that. I just scrolled a whole bunch. Um, the other thing that I did on the checkout page in my template was I added a message above my checkout fields that says all fields are required unless marked with optional. And the reason why is it threw me off at first that there's no visible required indicator on this page. I expect field labels to say, you know, either have an asterisk at a minimum or literally say required, when in fact it's sort of the opposite here because the assumption is pretty much everything is required. Um, and so I felt like it's more clear and maybe we need to provide users with an explanation that everything is required unless marked with optional because it's the reverse of what people expected. So I added that to my template. Um, the other thing that I did was I turned on the setting. Oh, I'm bypassing on the checkout page. I'll, I'll circle back to that in just a second. So I turned on the setting in WooCommerce under um, add to cart behavior, redirect to the cart page after successful addition. I did not originally have that turned on my WooCommerce settings, but the reason why I turned it on is because the default behavior in WooCommerce on a product single, if you don't have that, is that it um, adds a banner message above the product title and the product image gallery that just says something like one or two or however many and the product name have been added to your cart. And there's that view cart link that I mentioned failed color contrast that I fixed. But this banner is not announced to screen reader users. And in fact, 
default behavior is the page reloads. And so it dumps screen reader users up at the top of the page when the page reloads. Um, so my workaround for this, because I'm like, how do they know if it successfully functioned, if it doesn't tell a screen reader user that something was added to the cart? Um, my workaround for this was turn on that setting and now they just go to the cart and their thing is in the cart. Um, so again, it's an easy fix that you may or may not love or your clients may or may not love that. But at the same time, like you can toggle that box and then it's guaranteed that everyone will know, yes, this got added to the cart and they aren't going to have to sit there and try and figure out, did it work or not? And so the other thing was the focus order on the checkout page. And what I want to show you is, so on this checkout page, the design that you're seeing right now is the default design, but I have fixed my focus order. And on the left, we have all of the fields. So contact information, shipping address, shipping options and rates, uh, billing address if you needed that, credit card information, going all the way down to placing an order button. That's a left column that's about three quarters wide. And or yeah, three quarter, two thirds, something like that. The other column to the right has our order summary, which is actually, this is a, an accordion that can expand and collapse and it can show products and the number of products. Right now I only have one product in my cart, but if you had multiple products in the cart, then it would show multiple products. The ability to add a coupon is also over here. And then there is a summary of subtotal shipping and what the total will be. The way this is set up is that on mobile, so I'll just make my screen more narrow to go over to mobile, or if I am a low vision user and I am zoomed in to 250% or more, it stacks the order summary uh, and the coupon fields and everything above the checkout fields, which is logical. I think that totally makes sense and it's correct. The default way that this is though, is that the focus order does not match in default WooCommerce. So what would happen is if you load this and by default it's collapsed when I was loading it in my testing, in order for me to get to the order summary and to expand it or to get to this button, add a coupon so that I could add a coupon to my order, I have to tab first through everything down below. So this is, you know, it's pretty major because somebody could get all the way through, get to place an order, assume they're done and never know that they could add a coupon because they'd actually have to tab to that coupon and then jump and it would jump them all the way back up to the top right, which is not logical. So it's a focus order failure. And um, and that is definitely something like that has been raised in complaints when people um, who are blind did not have same access to discounts as people who are sighted. So what I did that was pretty easy is I just reverse ordered these columns in the template for the page. And then on my gist, that's the very last thing I have here. I used a flex direction row reverse on the container WC-blocks 
dash components dash sidebar dash layout. I did add a custom class order dash corrected to the container above that because I want to make sure I wasn't flex directing anything else weird. Um, so I'm only targeting this specific one, but that allowed the actual order on my checkout page to be corrected so that I get things in the visual order on the page. But when we encounter it at the, the view where it's side by side, um, it looks the same way that they had styled it originally. Um, and also, honestly, in this order, it does make sense if we're tabbing to go to the order summary and be able to expand that, go to add a coupon before we get to the contact information. Um, so again, this is something that was relatively easy for me to do. It took one line of CSS. It was just dragging two columns, switching the order of the columns in the template. Um, but it was actually solves a major accessibility problem. So then where that brings us next is all of those other issues that I could not fix. So of the 45 issues that I identified and reported to them, 31 of them did not have what I could find as either a no code or a low code fix. Um, you can find them on the GitHub link that is linked earlier in the slides, or I have them grouped by page in our accessibility statement on the shop. So if you go to the accessibility statement for the shop, I have these grouped by um, basically the kind of page that they're on. So I'll talk a little bit about some of these. I can't, I don't think we have enough time to go into all of them. Um, but all of them are linked over to the GitHub issues that I created for WooCommerce. So I have global, these are things related to the mini cart, probably the biggest thing on that. And I'll say the mini cart, not only was I pleased that it existed, but it was generally quite accessible. When you open it, it announces that it's open, it shifts keyboard focus in, it has a focus lock, it does everything that I expect a pop-up modal to do except for um, it doesn't return the keyboard focus to the button that triggers it when it's closed. There was a pre-existing issue, which I was able to replicate, which is that until JavaScript loans, it doesn't have an accessible name. It relies on JavaScript to add the, that accessible name to the button that opens and closes it. Uh, I do think that's worth noting. I feel like there's a lot of accessibility fixes that don't exist if JavaScript doesn't exist, right? Like you wouldn't be able to change your expanded from true to false or things like that. Um, but that said, it should have an accessible name even if someone isn't loading JavaScript. Um, the only other issue that I noted on it was um, if you zoom in a lot, so like, 300, 400%, like a very low vision user, there's sticky elements in the footer that actually block your ability to see what is in that mini cart. So my preference would be that there should be no sticky elements. But otherwise I feel like it's, it's quite accessible and it's more accessible than some of the alternatives that I have seen. Um, the other 
global thing that I added, I called an enhancement more than a bug, but I would love to see ARIA labels added to price ranges because when a screen reader encounters a price range, so for example, on our archive pages, different t-shirts based on size, they have, <laughs> excuse me, and they have a price range, a starting price and an ending price. One second. Um, they, and so what happens in a screen reader is it just reads like, for example, $25, $29, which doesn't have a lot of meaning. So I think that could be improved if it had an ARIA labeled as something like price range 25 through $29. Cited people have a hyphen, but the hyphen isn't read out by a screen reader. Uh, on the main shop page, the only major issue that I found was that the product sorting message wasn't provided for screen readers when you use that drop down to sort. Individual product pages, the vast majority of the problems were around the product gallery, as you can imagine. Um, there's actually an open issue, which I don't have listed here, but someone flagged that I'm intending to go respond to. Um, that they had had a blind person test and the blind person found it really challenging that, let's go look at a product. The default design in WooCommerce is that the product image and a gallery, which could have very many, I'm on a product that only has two images, um, but it could have a lot occurs before the H1 and all the details. And they had mentioned that the, the person who was testing their website found it challenging to get to the pricing and the variations and be able to add to cart. So I actually, what I did to help sort of resolve this, let's go into this, I'm in, inspecting the text, is I actually added a hidden screen reader only link above the product gallery that has the text bypass gallery and go to product details. And if you click it, it jumps you over to the container, the column that has the H1 and the price and the add to cart and all of that sort of stuff to allow people to quickly bypass the gallery. I think there's other things that need to be done to improve the gallery. And I opened several issues for them, but I think there's definitely more that could be done on it beyond what I've reported here. Uh, Minor, but somewhat important issue, the product tags uh, down here. So description, additional information, reviews don't have ARIA selected. So they don't tell you if you are a screen reader user, which one is active. And the other thing that is probably one of the bigger issues from a functionality standpoint, and see now I've gotten to the point where I have too many tabs. Let me go back. Oh, that's not where I meant to go. Open. I'm gonna open a product that has variations. We'll look at our make WordPress accessible t-shirt. When you choose variations, there is a clear button, although it's coded like a link um, so this needs to be fixed. And what that does is it would clear out what you have already selected in the form as far as color and size and any other variations. Um, but the other sort of major issue here is that it doesn't announce anything to screen reader users when you do clear it. 
So they don't know, and it doesn't move focus. Your focus actually stays on the clear link, which is actually on the page. It's just visually hidden, um, but it's there. So, so there are some issues related to that. Uh, if they don't find a, a variation, there's a visible error message that comes out, but they don't hear it. So some things on there. On the cart page, the coupon button was a link that has a roll button added, but they haven't added spacebar handlers. Same thing with the change address button on the cart page. Um, after adding, changing your address, if you're trying to get shipping rates, keyboard focus wasn't managed appropriately. On the checkout page, the buy with Google pay button, which only shows up if you're in a Chrome browser, which I'm not right now, so I can't show it to you, but um, that doesn't have a focus outline. I put a note on there for them that I don't know if they can fix it because it loads in an iframe. And so it might be a Stripe thing and maybe Stripe needs to fix that. Uh, but I'm assuming WooCommerce has way more pull with Stripe than I do. <laughs> so I opened a WooCommerce issue. Um, and then the return to cart link on the checkout page is missing for zoomed in users. So that link we saw down at the bottom where I was talking about it didn't have a, an underline on hover and I added it. They've made the choice to remove it from mobile. When you remove things from mobile, it removes them for low vision users who are zoomed in too. And that's not correct. Uh, so they need to figure out a different way to handle that. And then there were a host of issues on the My Account pages, the, which I can just show you real quick what I'm talking about so everyone can visualize that. I'll open yet another tab just to keep myself confused. Um, so there's a nav menu here, which says dashboard, orders, addresses, payment methods, account details, and logout. So these are sort of like the account pages. It's in a nav tag, but it's unlabeled. Pretty much every single one of these sub pages, oh, let me see if I can find one, has heading levels that it skips. So it has the H1 and then it goes to H3s. So they're skipping heading levels a lot. There are a few ambiguous links here. So for example, billing address, this add link, or if you already have one, it says edit. It doesn't say which address, and there's two of them. It doesn't say which one. Um, on the view order screen, there's also some issues there um, with some ambiguous links and those sorts of things. Things that I don't feel like would be hard for them to fix, but would make a big difference. The other thing that I think is probably the more major difference for usability on these pages is you'll notice I'm on the address page now. If I go to the orders page, the thing that is important to note, the page reloads, the URL changes, but the H1 on all of these still says my account and the page title, which we can see if we can get there. It all just says, says my account. Um, so it doesn't ever change to adequately reflect the content on the page, which I think could be very confusing and problematic for people. And then there were a couple of issues around error and success message handling on these forms, on these pages, and the login page. So kind of a very long list, but those are things that I encountered that I was like, I don't know how to fix these in a no-code way. And I would have to pull in one of my developers to fix them. But I'm but what I'm really hoping is 
WooCommerce will fix them for everyone. Um, so let me go back then. So if the way I handled this, you probably noticed was I created an accessibility statement. I said, hey, this is a work in progress. Here are all the issues that we found and I linked over to them on GitHub so people could follow progress. I think this works for me because I don't actually know if anyone's gonna buy any products from me and I'm not trying to get people to buy products from me. And it's not my main business, right? But if you have a revenue generating store and you encounter problems like this in a plugin, some of which could be considered blockers, then waiting for a fix from a plugin developer might not be the best option. And that's something that you need to assess. So just because I did it in that way on this particular store. Um, so if, if this were me and I had a WooCommerce website and this was my, you know, my big primary business website, the things that I would probably look at patching either by perhaps having my developer volunteer time for WooCommerce when submitting a patch to WooCommerce, or if not, patching them in our theme in some way are the things that I consider to be potential blockers. So from that list that we just talked about, the biggest potential issues I see are the mini cart losing keyboard focus. I think almost everyone's going to use that cart and it's going to be incredibly frustrating that to get dumped out of it and not, and not be where you were when you close it. Um, sticky elements in the mini cart. We looked at that when you're zoomed in, so low vision, there shouldn't be anything sticky. And that one I might be able to fix with CSS. I just didn't have time to like really dig into finding it. And then um, issues related to the clear button on the product single. So you really wanna make sure that works well. This adding the space bar handlers on the cart and the checkout page for those buttons. Well, there were links that had been turned into buttons and were missing space bar handlers. And then ensuring that all the status messages were announced by forms. So any of the times that they weren't announced, those are probably things I would be assessing right now. So if you have a WooCommerce store, I would check for these things. And if so, you might want to patch them in your own store while you wait for WooCommerce to make fixes. So I built my shop using Printful. And I want to take a moment to talk a little bit about some issues with Printful and um, show you something. So first thing to be aware of is when you import products from Printful, it imports what looks like a list, but it's actually what I call a, a faux list into your product descriptions. So it has what looks like bullet points, but it's actually within a paragraph tag, there's a mid dot. So a round circle that appears to be a bullet and breaks. Um, so they're not actually real lists. So that's something that I had to go through and fix. Um, the other thing that was so bad that I ended up just hiding it from the page and we'll go look at it is the Printful Sides Guide. So it pretty much violates everything that um, could possibly be violated <laughs> in this one element. So let me find it real quick. Uh, I have to, I have, I just hit it with CSS. <laughs> uh, oh wait, I wonder if I need to go. All right, look, I'm gonna comment out. 
my CSS that is hiding it for a second so that we can see it. Make All right. So now I have my size guide from Printful back, which I'm going to hide as soon as this call is over because of how bad it is. I'm going to turn on a screen reader, um, which means I got to reshare my screen because I just realized I didn't share my sound. So give me one second. All right. Um, let me turn on voiceover. Voiceover on Zoom us. Can you hear that, Paula? Yes, we can hear it. Okay, great. All right, so what this size guide does is it opens a pop-up so people can learn more about the sizes and choose which one is right for them. So I'm going to navigate to it. I'll be pausing voiceover and I'll point out some of the things that it does wrong. As far as modals and pop-ups, if you have them on your website, you can take a lot away from this to go and test and make sure that yours don't do that. Brave. Make WordPress accessible dark mode D. Selected. You are choose an option link size guide. You are all right. So first thing is I got to size guide. It said link. Links go somewhere. They go to another section on the page. They go to a different page. A when a modal is opened, it should be a button that triggers an action. So I want to hear that it's a button. Should be a real button. So I should be able to trigger it with a spacebar or a return key. Um, it should also tell me it has a pop up. So you'd want to have aria dash has pop-up equals uh, dialogue. So I know that it has that kind of pop-up. I'm just going to open it now. Nobody heard anything. <laughs> it opened. It did not focus. It didn't shift the focus into it. Um, and it didn't tell me that it opened. So for someone who cannot see that it opened, they don't know that it opened. Um, I'm going to see if I can get make my way into it currently caps lock on oh. one add to cart button so you are currently on a button i'm hitting tab behind it and you'll notice that it's uh reading things out behind the page link 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 visit link visit visited link link visit link visit to get menu pop up link men link menu pop up link log out all right, so I've gone through the entire page and I can't get in here at all, which seems odd to me because what I see and as I use my mouse is I have tabs. These should be focusable. I also have a close button, which should be focusable, but which would mean that I should be able to at least get to these items if I've gone all the way to the bottom of the page. Usually pop-ups are in the footer um, and I've gone beyond it. So I'm going to turn voiceover off. Voiceover off. And we can explore why can I not get to these things? So my close button, that is a button. So I find that a little odd. I'm not really sure. So it kind of makes me want to say, where, where is this? This might actually not be in the footer. Let me, let me see if I can keep tapping. See, now I'm on it. Where was I? Oh yeah, I'm on the FAQ. That's the footer. All right, now I'm on it. So I got to that button. However, that button, we can actually, we'll, we'll turn it voiceover back on. Voiceover on Brave. Make WordPress accessible. Shop equal is a digital.com. To get missing image descriptions, open the context menu button group. You are currently on a button. So voiceover told me to get missing image descriptions button. 
So as we can see in the inspector, this button has an X in it that is an image with no alternative text and there's no ARIA label. Um, so no one would know that this is a closed button. Now from here, can I tab? Shop equal is a digital.com slash make WordPress to get missing image. Shop equal is a digital toggle device elements, selected tab, one of one panels, voice over off. So I can't tab to these tabs, visual tabs. Um, and the reason why is because they are a list and just with text, there's no button or link in them. It'd be better if there's button, but you can make accessible tabs with links. So these are not keyboard focusable at all. And then the other thing I noticed, there's also tabs down here that allow me to toggle inches and centimeters. Also not keyboard focusable, built the same way with the list, but nothing in it besides text. They're probably using JavaScript to control the function. And then to make matters worse, we have a table that has size, length, width. It is using the T head tag, but the elements inside there are just in TD tags. <laughs> They're not set as headings. So I saw all this and I said, wow, that's a lot of work <laughs> to fix that. It, it, it definitely, oh, and also I can't close it with the escape key. I cannot close it by clicking on the thing, but luckily it does close with buttons. <laughs> and by the thing, I meant the overlay behind it. Sorry, that was not very descriptive of me. Can only close it with that unlabeled button. Can't use the escape key or click anywhere else on the website to make it close. Um, so my solution on this, as you all saw, was I, I couldn't figure out how to turn it off in settings. So I just went into my CSS and I added a display none on it, which does screen readers will respect that. They want, it makes it not focusable. It's not there. Um, at some point, I do want to try and figure that out. But so if you use Printful, beware. I would not use that on your site if you are worried about accessibility. Uh, I have maybe 150 images on this website. And I thought, what better time than now to test out some AI-generated alt text? So I used a free trial and got 25 images worth of alt text from alttext.ai. The reason why I used that one was because it said that it looks at the product title. And if you have uh, meta descriptions and stuff from Yoast, it will look at that too. So I thought it will give me more accurate. So what I'm showing right now are four different images and what alttext.ai said about them and what I said about them. So the first one is the filler image that WooCommerce has, which I do not give alt text to because if you've not provided a real image on your product, the filler image is decorative. So I don't think it needs it, but of course alttext.ai is not that smart. So alttext.ai says an image of a square with a mountain on it because it's an illustrated mountain. Um, for our pins, accessibility or alttext.ai said a set of accessibility pins with a green cactus on them. I said, a set of accessibility pins with five different patterns described in product description, because I did not want my alt text to be so wordy as to explain how all five of these are. And by the way, if you are not looking at these pins, they do not have a cactus, that is an alligator, but I guess they have a much larger image that they were served, but they saw it as a cactus. And the 
and it is actually our alley mascot. Then there's an image that is a white hoodie and it has three different red dotted lines, A labeled A, B, and C. This goes with the measurement and size guide from Printful. Alttext.ai just said the measurements of a white hoodie. And what I said was a hoodie with lines indicating how to measure length from the shoulder near the neckline to the hem width across the chest at the armpits and sleeve from middle back of neck to wrist. Their thing is technically right, the measurements of a white hoodie, sort of. But what's important about this image is actually telling people how to measure things if they're trying to measure themselves or measure some other piece of clothing, they have to decide what size to buy. And so, you know, just saying the measurements doesn't communicate the important information about how or where to do measurements. And then the final image is a gray Make WordPress Accessible t-shirt. And this one got a little weird. I thought for sure that it would do okay because it has the product title, but also I thought it could read text on images but it did not do a super great job of reading text on images. Sorry, I'm about to have another coughing pit. Oh, lots of fun this time of year. Um, so it said, alttext.ai for this t-shirt said, make the make WordPress accessible youth t-shirt with WordPress design, which makes no sense. <laughs> and I said, gray t-shirt showing a drawing of a block editor toolbar from the WordPress editor set to an H1 above the stack text, make WordPress accessible. The text covers the entire chest area of the shirt. So again, thinking what do people need to know if they're trying to decide if they want to buy this product or if it looks like something that they want. Um, so my takeaway is still the same. I don't think that all text generators can really give you good things, so I wouldn't recommend doing it. Now, if you are building WooCommerce websites, the other plugins that I would look at that are likely to add problems, so any page builders, um, a lot of those websites in the showcase were built with different page builders. Anytime you do that, you are less, you, there are definitely going to be elements that are not going to be accessible. Um, so I'd be careful about that. Search and filter plugins, and we could look at some of these if we want to. Um, I'm going to wait till Q&A before pulling some of them up, but I have a few that we could look at. But the ones where they add filters on the sides, we've been, we're in the middle of auditing two different WooCommerce websites right now. Um, and both of them had filtering plugins that had problems. So that is something to be aware of. Search suggestion plugins. So this is like you have a search box, you type it in, and then it shows like, here's products with pictures of them and all that stuff. Almost every single one that I've tested. And a couple months ago, I tested like six different ones. There, None of them were keyboard accessible or accessible for people on screen readers as far as being able to access the suggested results. Any sort of floating carts. So that mini cart that we saw, there were a couple of issues I mentioned, but in general, it did really well. But I've seen other ones where they add a floating cart icon on the side or down by the footer, like maybe in the bottom right corner. Sometimes those are impossible to reach. Uh, they typically don't manage focus well. Even when they're open, you see things like we just saw on that pop-up for the, the size guide. Um, 
where it's opened, but no one's told that it's open. It doesn't shift focus in. So I'd be really aware of that if you're using those. Anything that modifies the checkout page. The things I found on the checkout page for WooCommerce were really minor. There were two things and they were both pretty minor. Um, it, it works well at, uh, once you fix the order, <laughs> the focus order. Um, so I would be careful about plugins. Like I've seen some where it turns them into steps and sometimes, and then it only shows you like your address is here and then you hit next and then it shows you the billing or whatever that might be. So I'd be really careful about those. PDF invoice generators. I have never seen a single one of these that creates accessible PDFs. So if you are generating the PDF invoice so that you can print it and put it in someone's packing materials, it's probably not that big of a deal. If you are emailing the PDF invoice to your customers, then it should be accessible. And these kind of plugins, typically you wouldn't want to use them. It would be better to manually create the PDFs yourself. Um, and then of course, carousel tab or accordion plugins. We just saw an example of tabs that were completely non-functional if you couldn't use a mouse. Um, that happens a lot with different carousel tab and accordion plugins. So I'd be very wary of those. So what's next for our shop? Obviously, I want to try and resolve issues with the Printful side guide or come up with an alternative. Uh, I think having a size guide is really helpful to people, but that one is just so bad that to me, it didn't make sense to keep it on the site. And I'd rather no one have access to size information than have something that leaves some people out. Um, I am planning to, I didn't get a chance. I was hoping before this to be able to test some of the different swatch selectors um, on the product single so that you can choose the color of your shirt with a square that shows the color or a circle, right? A button, radio button probably is my assumption of how that should be coded. I haven't had a chance to do that. I'm planning to do that. I'll probably tweet about it um, if I find one that works. I want to change the size attributes from a single letter to the full word. Um, so on products, when you do size, it just has like L, M, S, XL, XS, that sort of stuff. And I think that it sounds better on a screen reader if it actually has the words written out. I'm not sure how that works with Printful since I imported products from there. So again, it's something I have to figure out, but I think that's an enhancement that will improve things for everyone. And then um, exploring alternate options for the product gallery, particularly on products where there's a lot of images. I haven't had a chance to look at some of those plugins, but I feel like there's a lot probably there that could be improved. And then I also haven't tested the reviews functionality yet. And on the fun side, maybe more t-shirts. And I would love if anyone has any ideas and maybe we can make some more t-shirts. So that's what I've got. I'm happy to answer questions. I also, as I mentioned, I have a bunch of like the filter things pulled up that I could show you some different examples because I was looking at some of those before. Um, but right now let's, do you want to come back on Paula? And maybe we can talk about if anyone does have any questions about WooCommerce accessibility, what's possible, current status. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. I'm back on. Um, thank you Amber, for that very insightful presentation. 
Um, so we did have a few questions come in. Um, I'm going to start with this one from DK. Um, it says, do you have any stats on the accessibility of non-WooCommerce sites? For example, Squarespace, Wix, how do they compare to WooCommerce accessibility? So I do not. The one thing I am wondering potentially is um, if WebAIM does. Because, hold on, I'm going to try and search this in a different tab for a second. If I find it, I'll pull it over. Um, I feel like they have something where they say accessibility by CMS. And um, I think I have this linked in a presentation I did for Access U. Um, they might have Shopify included in that. So give me one second and I'll try and pull that up. But off the top of my head, I don't know anything else other than that. I don't know if anyone else does. Feel free to throw anything in the chat. Um, and we can go to the next question while I pull this up. Um, yeah, um, the other questions that came in were related um, to the um, sample pages you showed in that table at the beginning of the talk. Um, I don't know if you would prefer to go into um, your findings on those websites. Um, for example, one of the questions was said that you mentioned you checked their home pages for errors, but how did the WooCommerce portions of the sites um, do? Yeah, so maybe what we can do is take a look at the ones that had functional nav and focus states and that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm happy to pull some of them up. So this is the All Blacks shop. Um, this one, when I tested this one, I did look at the main shop page in addition. So I'll just pull up Wave real quick. Um, so the errors on this one, like I mentioned, well, actually, no. So we have a missing form label, 30 broken ARIA references, which is interesting. It probably means something didn't load. I can't get Wave to even show me what it's saying. Oh, wait, there it is. So it's on the like select options button, which is coming from WooCommerce. Um, so like this page, when I tested it, right, there's actually a lot of products on the homepage. It has carousels, uh, which is a, a little bit odd. I'm moving my mouse left and right and it moves them. Um, so, so that was that one, the Bjork website. I saw someone asked about that. We can mm -hmm. Yeah. Was missing or empty form labels. I'm pretty sure is what I remember. And the home page is super basic on here. Uh, it has an image and some categories and like no products or anything like we saw on the other website. Uh, what was this? Yeah, so the search form doesn't have a label and there's two instances of the search form and there's one hidden form that also is a field that doesn't have a label. Uh, but we can't currently see it. And there's a linked image missing alternative text, which is probably this super funky image 
oh, it is this funky image in the middle. I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like it's computer generated mushroom flower thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know. Um, It's a hard one. (laughs) This was one though, where it had focus dates, it had skip links. um, It had uh, mostly functional things. I mean, the nav is pretty basic. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's still had a few issues, you know, around search. And if you're thinking about searching products, let's see, um, I'll just search for one of these. Oh, see here, this is a great example. Let me turn. This one has a search suggest on it. No filters applied. Search products. You. All right. So. I'm going to go out of this field and go back in. This field has search suggestions. And so it's sort of interesting to see would I be able to get to the suggested products? And when I was talking about this is one one area where plugins frequently don't do a great idea. Visited link. York official search products added text blank. Search products. You are currently on a text field to enter text. All right. So I'm just going to search for one I can see. F-O-S-O-R-A. Fasora. Search products. You are currently on a text field. To enter text in this field, type. So my expectation would be what it's done is it's given me three products and then also some suggestions for how I can filter like search in box set, search in merchandise, search in Bjork, which I'm guessing are maybe categories. Um, But it didn't tell me that. I can visually see them, but I didn't hear that there are any suggestions available. I'm going to try either tab or arrow keys to see if I can get down to those. So this is the tab key. Link. Fasora limited edition deluxe box set. Fasora limited edition deluxe box set includes. Okay. So this, the tab key did function. It got me there. Um, it's reading out the text. Let's see what add to cart says. Link. Add to cart. Fasora limited edition deluxe box set. You are currently on. So that's good because it wasn't just add to cart. It actually included the name of the product. Um, so whatever plugin they're using for this, and it might be worth, we can voice over off inspect it and see if we can see like the, the biggest thing on this was it's not maybe totally unusable, but it probably needs like an ARIA live added to it so that it would announce, um, I don't love that this isn't a table, the search results, I think an an unordered list would be better, but it could say, you know, like three products found or something like that, and then tell people and move them into it. Um, but I'm trying to see if I can tell if it has any identifying stuff. It just says uh, widget underscore product underscore search. So I can't obviously tell what plugin this is. So this is one that is maybe usable, but needs a little bit of remediation. So, right. Um, and going back to the previous question, um, Beth had a couple of comments, so I'm just going to read them out. Um, Shopify has a number of issues similar to what Amber outlined. And then um, Beth also mentioned, for all of these, you'll find that plugins and add-ons multiply, often by quite a bit, the numbers of issues, usually the types of things that Amber listed, product filtering and sorting, et cetera. And then moving on to um, our next question from Tedros, um, any recommendations on accessible plugins for a small business 
multi-vendor e-commerce site? Ooh, a multi-vendor. So that would allow them to submit their products on the front end, it would be my assumption. Um, kind of like a Etsy or an eBay or something. Yeah, that's I what I'm know. saying. Too. I, I am not the best on that front. I don't know. Bet does a lot with WooCommerce. So if Bet, if you know anything, um, here's, all right. I did find what I was looking for. I, unfortunately, I don't know anything about um, those specific plugins, so I can't make a recommendation. Uh, so what I pulled over is a presentation I gave for XSU, and it's from the WebAIM million in 2023. And they do have a section where they talk about accessibility errors by builder uh, and what the difference is and which were better or worse. Um, so from a average number of errors and being better, um, it doesn't look like Shopify is on here, which is unfortunate. Squarespace is on here, which I do know has an e-commerce. Um, what's hard about this thing, and I'll actually pop a, let me copy the link and I can put that in the chat if anyone wants to reference it. Um, what actually makes this hard is that, um, sometimes it says that it's better. Like I, I had this whole moment of just like Divi is on here. And if you look at it comparatively, Divi is 48% better than the average website, um, but if you've ever been in Divi, you definitively know that's not true. And that's why it's really important. Like when I was doing my assessment, I wasn't just looking at number of wave errors. I also, you know, checked to see if there's a focus date. I tabbed around to see if the navigation worked. Like that kind of stuff can't be figured out without a human. And so you have to take these kinds of things by with a grain of salt. Um, but unfortunately, Shopify is not in here, which is odd because Shopify has a pretty large market share for e-commerce. But Maybe WebAIM just isn't looking at it. Yeah, um, and Bet did mention um, multi-vendor is a plugin feature um, that would have to be specifically tested. Mm -hmm. So that's there. Um, we do have a couple of questions. I know we're almost out of time. Um, so um, Dennis, fast. Dennis asks, how can accessibility be maintained during updates to WooCommerce and its plugins? Yeah, so I think the the best way to handle that is ideally you want to test. I think the larger your WooCommerce store is and the more revenue you have going on it, you probably don't want to be just running updates on your production site anyway. Um, so you'd want to run them on a staging server and test things. I would always recommend reading update messages. So developers of plugins list out what they changed in the update. And especially for WooCommerce, I would reference that um, just to make sure that if they mention, oh, we changed something in the cart, then when you update it, I would go check the cart and, and test all the way through the process too. Um, so that was like I mentioned initially, I almost missed that the skip links were not working on the main shop page 
in the product page because I only tested it on the homepage and I was just like going through quickly. Um, so really, I think being thorough on your important parts. So test a product, test your shop page, test your cart, test your checkout every time. Um, and maybe that means you batch your updates. So you're not running updates every time, like instantly when they're available. Maybe you say we do them every Tuesday or we do them every other Tuesday or whatever that looks like um, for your organization. Yeah. Um, and then one last question um, that came in. I kind of know the answer to this, but I wanted to get that in. Um, how about accessibility and user way? Uh, yeah. So overlay products are not great. They, they can't find what a human can find, just like a testing tool can't find what a human can find. Um, they can fix some things. I will give them that. Um, but they also make some really weird choices. Like we looked at the AI alt text um, generated and, and how it just didn't quite do what it needed to do. Um, the European Accessibility Act, actually, if you are in Europe, specifically states that overlays are not acceptable. Um, and increasingly in the United States, there is no guarantee that having an overlay will keep someone from getting sued. And when they do get sued, part of the settlement is always that they will remove the overlay and fix their website the right way. So I would save your $49 a month <laughs> and instead um, focus on what you can do. You know, I, I identify those critical areas and work on those and, um, and just fix that first. So. Yeah, thank you, Amber. Um, I think that's it. Um, so we're going to wrap everything up. And thank you so much, Amber, for your amazing presentation. And thank you, everyone, for attending Meetup today. Um, we're just going to wait a few seconds to let the transcript um, finish. And Amber, if you have any last thoughts that you want to share. Yeah, thank I mean, thank you, everybody, for uh, putting up with my coughing fits and all my weirdness today. <laughs> Uh, and if you have any questions, the best place to get me is probably on Twitter. I'm at Hey Amber Hines. Um, and we will see you back here for meetup on February 1st, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Accessibility Craft. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in your podcast app to get notified when future episodes release. You can find Accessibility Craft on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And if building accessibility awareness is important to you, please consider rating Accessibility Craft five stars on Apple Podcasts. Accessibility Craft is produced by Equalize Digital and hosted by Amber Hines, Chris Hines, and Steve Jones. Steve Jones composed our theme music. Learn how we help make thousands of WordPress websites more accessible at equalizedigital.com.